If you think of the best products from the wool industry, the finest of wool and the finest of garments, you're thinking of super fine wool. Classified as finer than 18 micron, it's the flagship of the Australian wool industry and it's back with prices and prospects higher than they've been for some years. In this episode of The Yarn, we hear from two families with over 200 combined years of superfine wool growing experience. Welcome to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming. Few families have been through the many trials and tribulations of the superfine wool industry, like the Picker family from New South Wales and the Meebus family from Victoria. I sat down with Trevor Meebus and Danny Picker, the current president of the Superfine Wool Growers Association. Now, before we start, I need to say that we're sitting in the Glenara ram shed of the Meebus family, where the rams are banging up against the walls of the shed, so you hear that. But anyway, look, I started by asking Danny Picker about the unique aspect of the association, where they have regular contact with overseas mills. Yeah, the association's been running for just, uh, just on 50 years now, and but currently we have nine overseas mill members, and we have direct liaison with them on a regular basis through Zoom meetings, through visiting them when we can and when they visit us. And the, the advantage of that is that when they have a, a problem in at the other end of the, the pipeline of the wool industry, we hear of it straight away and we can act and let our members know where the, where the future may lie. He's a good ram. <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing, Trevor? Just bumping on the wall. <laughs> So um, having that direct relation to the mills, um, I dare say it's a you know it's a to and fro. How often do you speak with the mills, and what generally do you talk about? We talk a lot about quality assurance programs. Um, currently, the main one we've been working on is uh, trying to get all our quality assurance programs into one, because our Europeans are aiming at wanting all RWS accreditations. So Authentico are trying to get RWS accreditation into their schemes and then we hope to, to align that, that with the sustainable and just have one accreditation system throughout the industry. Now you said, unfortunately, you speak about <laughs> accreditation programs. Is that because they're giving you a headache or why is that unfortunate? Oh, there's just a lot of demands on the wool grower these days from animal welfare through to wild animal, uh, wild pests um, from, from having our wool good enough for standard from year to year to, to get the, the, the real price we need. So how do you determine prices? Because uh, clearly um, Superfine wool has huge variation in prices over the years and it is a very hard product to uh, produce. So how, how does the price setting work? Unfortunately, these days to get contracts, you need to be ceased mules. So that means you, have, you know you have to be RWS accredited. So we're just hoping that we can get contracts back into the game heavily for a number of, from the number of the European mills. So we can look forward towards a, a distinct price for the future. 
And do you feel that the industry is in, in good shape at the moment? I mean, the supply has um, has diminished quite considerably over the years, but uh, the demand is is also uh, in very much a state of flux as well. How are you how are you reading supply versus demand at the moment? I am told the supply is still there's still enough quite enough supply, but as far as the way the industry is at present, I'm very happy. It's just probably with meat prices and wool prices where they are, although I haven't shorn and got benefit of it yet, I, I believe this is probably one of the golden years. Well, it's uh, fantastic to hear. I mean, we hear that mills are, are periodically concerned about supply. And uh, of course, the demand for land use across Australia in wool growing regions um, is, is intense and wool very much has to uh, pull its weight, I suppose, when it comes to profitability. Um, where does superfine wool sit in in that sense? Do you think we've probably been down the bottom end of the scale for some time? But the last eighteen months, we're starting to get where we're equal to the rest of the wool industry, and I believe the wool industry now is starting to catch up to the to the fat lamb production. And uh, let's hope that the wool industry does recover and overtake from the from the fat lamb industry. We're also seeing a lot of products now being, different products being made from superfine wool, particularly in the uh, athletic market and the outdoor market. Have you found that that's um, in a way uh, buffet, buffeted the, um, the reduction in traditional suiting? Knitwear is taking off very heavily. Um, let's hope that the fire retardant situation and, and all the athletic wear can really build our our clientele. So overall, um, how do you see the health of the, the uh, and the future for the superfine industry, Danny? It's probably the healthiest I've seen it in my 51 years of working on the land. That's fantastic. So what does this mean for your own property? Does that mean you're, you're expanding um, or uh, do, you, do you start looking at contracts further out at this stage or how do you approach things looking so rosy? I'll certainly be trying to get contracts for our wool for sure. But uh, as far as expanding the farm, no, I don't think that's on the agenda. <laughs> yeah, well, it's unfortunate, I dare say you haven't been able to travel overseas for a long time and part of the role that you have at the moment is very much uh, a, a travelling role. So um, how, have you, uh, how have you adapted to that? Well, unfortunately, I would have been the opportunity to, to visit Japan and China and have a really good look, look through some of those mills. But uh, we, we saw Europe three years ago. But now I think the, the modern technology Zoom meetings are very, very good. And it's probably even enhanced our, our council and our executive with knowledge of what's happening around the world by everyone being part of a Zoom meeting. It's helped sort of connect things. And traditionally, it's been very much a relationship um, with... Italian mills, but now I dare say Chinese and obviously the, the Japanese have been using superfine wool for a long time as well. Um, is the manufacturing of uh, superfine garments moving more towards China these days? Well, China's taking roughly 88% of the, the wool clip, Australian wool clip, that, uh, and a lot of the wool's getting processed in China. But, you know, we have, we have mill members in Turkey Japan, as you said, and China, but the main interest is coming from, for us, is coming from Italy. Fantastic. Uh, now, we uh, let you off the hook for a while, Danny, thank you. Uh, Trevor, tell us a bit about the farm here. Um, 
congratulations for being here for a century, by the way. That's uh, an amazing, an amazing effort. You must feel very proud of that. Yeah, no, 2020, the COVID year was um, our 100th anniversary. We were going to have a bit of a party here for our ram sale, but um, unfortunately, it was uh, there was nothing happening, so uh, no one around. But yeah, it's a really uh, it's a privilege to be able to be here and uh, continue on the family tradition. And um, I've got a son and uh, two girls here that, um, are, yeah, they're keen on the farm and they love to help out. So, yeah, it's, it's good. Now, you live in a, uh, an amazing part of the world where it's very diverse agriculture around here. There's a lot of cropping these days and obviously moved to prime lambs and some beef. How, does, how do merinos, and particularly super fine merinos, um, survive? in terms of uh, an enterprise in this region, do you think? I think it's, uh, they probably survive because you had to be very particular and select with your genetics that you, that you use and the type of sheep and the type of wool that you have on the sheep down here that can handle, um, you know, from June, July, August, we can have two and a half months of cool, damp, drizzly weather with not much sunshine. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a matter of selection um if we could go and live in another part of australia and our sheep wouldn't do as well as they do down here and vice versa so you just have to be very particular in what sort of genetics you use now they say wool gets very much into your blood and uh, that that lanolin runs through your nose and your, your veins and it's uh, a wonderful wonderful thing to be a part of but what do you love about growing wool and particularly such beautiful wool that you do uh, well, certainly in my blood, because when I left school, I was um, straight into wool classing, night school, and then wool classing, and I've classed the wool ever since then. So um, it's something that I grew up with, but I do I do love it, because I think if you get out of bed in the morning and, and you don't enjoy what you're doing outside, well, you're gonna, you should go and find something else to do. Um, and yeah, with our stud and just breeding, breeding the sheep, uh, working with different genetics, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. You get a thrill out of seeing something that really successful, um, going to the shows and comparing your sheep against all the other um, sheep from around Australia. is a, a, That's a real highlight of the year. And then um, obviously you work all year to look after your animals as best you can, uh, maintain them in the best shape you can, and then you shear them and you see what they can produce for you. Um, and yeah, like a year like last year was um, probably the best wool clip we've ever had here. So yeah, that's a real highlight when you see those things come off. So for someone that's from such a deep, super fine heritage as you trevor what what's exciting you about the future um what what's um what's getting you out of bed in the morning for uh, when you look ahead the thing i really enjoy doing is looking at different genetics and trying to think what will work and what won't work those sort of things um that's certainly a niche market now um you look back over our records we've had 34 on property ram sales now um and the clientele we had 34 years ago when we started to the clientele we have now it's a shrinking market but um with that becomes op uh, comes opportunities because there's not so much of the genetics around anymore so we're getting lots of inquiry from other states even from new zealand looking for genetics because the real traditional super fine genetics are not there anymore people have you know infused other things in and changed things and changed their enterprises and things so um, yeah, we do have something unique here, um, and uh, yeah, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Now, uh, through this podcast, we get to speak to a lot of retailers and brands that come to Australia, and they all mention traceability. And so, uh, this is one of the big trends for wool. 
Um, what does it mean for the Superfine Industry Association, Danny, and what are the opportunities there? We, we are asked continually about the traceability of our, of our wool. We'd love to see AWICS come out with the trials they're currently doing with their wool packs so we can trace their wool all the way to the dump. Unfortunately, we can't trace it past the dump. That, that's left to the, to the, uh, the buyers. Once, once it's gone to the dump, then let's hope that uh, they don't blend it and then we can be traced all the way to the consumer. So for someone who doesn't know what the dump is, what, what exactly is the dump? We're not talking about the municipal recycling centre. Oh, well, once, once the bales of wool are, are shipped into their containers and sent overseas and, and they arrive at the scouring mills, the wool is then tipped out of the, the wool pack and, and scoured and then it's repacked, pressed once it's a clean clean wool. The other thing that people talk about, obviously, is uh, is provenance and uh, the, tra- the traceability works well with that. Surely um, properties such as yours and here at Glenara have an amazing story to tell. How do you think we can better tell that story, seeing as it's what the consumers are wanting to hear about? I think that's a fa- fantastic little question because we, we really need to put more positive stories out there on social media or anywhere around the world to show how good our farmers really are, how much effort and how hard they work to look after their stock. And they're very proud of that. And we pride ourselves in being some of the best farmers in the world, if not the best. So there's the, there's the challenge, I suppose, from that point of view. Um, Danny, is there anything else you'd like to add in terms of the role of the, the Superfine Wool Association or even looking into the future, which uh, hopefully looks pretty bright? I think if you want to do the best by by this industry, we need to have contracts for our wool to to really ensure we have a future. So um, that's one thing we're really working hard to ensure the best wool we can possibly do for our association, ensure we prepare it as best we can, and hopefully the mills will be happy and come back and buy for the future. So Trevor, in terms of uh, the future and looking at pricing, Obviously, there's this interesting relationship between wanting a guaranteed good price that you can um, work into the future as, a, as well as any upside that's there. How do you approach pricing um, from, from your clip? Uh, we mainly just market it through the auction system. I do have one little private contract going at the moment. Um, that's to a hand knitting um, business which is um, going really well. A lot of the hand knitting things are going really well with the COVID and people staying at home and doing a lot more of that. Otherwise, we usually, uh, yeah, just through the auction system and just pick the time of the year that you sell your wool. Um, I tell all my friends that we market our wool because we pick the times of the best opportunities for your wool rather than shearing your wool, getting it into store and selling it all, that everything in one week. Um, to me, that's just selling. It's not marketing. It's not taking the making the best advantage. So. Uh, we've been involved in some contracts over the years, but um, yeah, mainly through the auction system. And do you think that works well for you? I mean, is it something that maybe WoolQ or something like that might be of interest into the future, given that you can then sort of add uh, a bit of a profile of your own operation there? Oh, certainly that's the way things are going. Um, with the younger generation, you know, I'm trying to do my uh, wool cue specie and everything at the moment as we speak. Um, and, yeah, the kids are better at doing all that sort of stuff. And as the young ones come through with, uh, yeah, with all the social media and electronics and the technology and things, they're, um, yeah, that's the, that's the way to go, I think. And even with the sheep breeding side of it and the marketing of that, I think uh, through so- via social media and that, you you can open up so many opportunities and 
showcase your product to people so easy these days. Danny Picker and Trevor Mebus, thank you very much for joining us on The Yarn. Great to see that the superfine industry's uh, back up and running and rolling, I should say. Very much in the black and uh, long may it continue. Thank you. Thank you. Trevor Mebus from Glenara Marinos at Dunkeld, Victoria, and Danny Picker of Hillcrest and Park Marinos at Bigger in New South Wales, and the current president of the Superfine Wool Growers Association of Australia. So I hope you enjoyed hearing from two significant voices from the Superfine Wool Industry. Great to hear Danny say the prospects for it are as bright as he can remember in his 50 years in the industry. Okay, so ideas for future podcasts. We have regular listener Andrew Howes from Elders wanting us to look at wool coffins, so we're following that up. However, there are some grave concerns about that subject, and we'll be looking at the recent online sales through WoolQ, as well as just looking at what is driving the current market direction, which is thankfully strongly positive as the post-COVID world is starting to emerge through mass vaccinations. So in the meantime, from me, Murray's coming. Thanks for having a yarn with us.